0: Dawson's Bee is one of the largest in the world. It nests in the baked soil of the Australian outback.
1: Flowers are rare in this desert, so colonies of these bees are few and far between.
0: The bees excavate tunnels for their young. The community is so harmonious that it's hard to believe that this place is also the setting for mass murder. Male Dawson's Bees.
1: The females are only just emerging,
0: burrowing their way one by one out of the tunnels where they hatched and grew up, and their scent inflames the males. They are huge and built for fighting, and each one wants to be in the best position to mate with a female. G'day guys, and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So, whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' l we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So, sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day guys, what is going on? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. Today we have a special guest and that guest is currently asleep. (laughs) So, um, obviously, as you guys may or may not know, I recently had my son, Well, I didn't have him, I guess Kel had him, (laughs) but we have our son now and his name is Noah and he has been a bit of a rascal for the last week and a half, I think now he is, what, 15 days? Oh, no, not 15 days. A week and a half. So, about 11 days. He's 11 days old. He's been keeping my wife up late at night when my wife decides to give me a bit of sleep so I can work during the day and then she can sleep. So, she's currently sleeping at the moment and I am babysitting or babysitting. I'm the the dad. I'm taking care of Noah. But hopefully, he's going to stay asleep for this episode uh, as I needed to get it done. And, um, yeah, anyway, please, Noah, please keep quiet. So, welcome to this episode of Aussie English, guys. This is the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English, but also wanting to advance their English in general. If you're trying to get to an advanced level in English, this is the podcast for you. Uh, you learn about all sorts of things, mainly about Australia, but um, obviously, we speak the same English, the same tongue, the same language that is spoken all around the world. So, today, in that intro scene at the start, that was a clip from a BBC Life documentary narrated by David Attenborough. Make sure that you go check that out. There will be a link in the transcript to check out that snippet on YouTube. And it was about Dawson's bee, a very, very cool, charismatic, interesting uh, Australian native bee. And we'll be talking about bees in the Aussie English fact today. So, Before I get started, before I forget, if you guys want to get access to the transcripts and the MP3s, the downloads for this podcast, go to AussieEnglish.com.au and you can sign up for the premium podcast material. If you would like the premium podcast, as well as all of my 60-plus courses, the expression courses for these episodes in particular, which are really good, they come with dialogue, uh, videos, you know, extra natural English conversations. They come with quizzes, vocab lists, everything like that. Make sure you go to AussieEnglish.com.au and sign up for the Aussie English Classroom. It is $1 for your first seven days. Give it a go. There's loads of students in there. I think at the moment we are around 500 people using the website, and they are levelling up their English every single week. So, before we get into the expression today, I've got a joke for you, and it's a bee joke. Okay, a bee joke, a joke about bees. So, the joke is, what do you call a bee that can't stop eating? What do you call a bee that can't stop eating? Nom-nom-nom-noms. Always eating, always munching on things. What do you call a bee that can't stop eating? Chubby, chubby. Do you get it? The pun there is obviously on the end of the word sounding like the word bee. Chubby. Bee. But chubby means to be, I guess, a little bit fat, right, a little bit round, a little bit curvy. You're not morbidly obese, but you are not really skinny. You're chubby. Okay. So, today's expression is the bee's knees, the bee's knees, to be the bee's knees. And this was suggested by my wife Kel in the Aussie English classroom. You guys voted on it and it was the one that won. It was the one that came out ahead of the pack. So, the bee's knees, I wonder if you guys have heard of this expression before. This one gets used a little bit. I hear this quite a bit in American English, and there is a beer that you can buy in Australia called Bee's Knees, which is by a company called Matilda Bay. And it's called Bee's Knees. It's the Bee's Knees um, because it has a little bit of honey lightly infused in the beer. It's a wheat beer. I actually really like Bee's Knees. So, go check out that brand if you're at the Bottolo in the near future. So, have you heard this expression before, the bee's knees, to be the bee's knees. This thing is the bee's knees. Hmm. Before we get into it, I'll define the words in it. A bee. A bee. A bee is a stinging winged insect which collects nectar and pollen. It produces wax and honey and it lives in large communities. Now, actually, not all bees produce honey, but I'm sure you guys know what a European honey bee is. They are spread all across the world, right? And they're the ones used primarily for producing honey. A knee. Your knee is the joint between your thigh and your lower leg, right? It's where your kneecap is, funnily enough. Your knee, it's where you bend your leg at, right? You've got your knee is one joint in your leg. You've got your hip is another joint and you've got your ankle as well. Okay, so the expression, if something is the bee's knees, the bee's knees, it is that that thing is incredibly good. So, it's an outstanding thing. It's an outstanding person. It's an awesome or ace thing. It's a ripper of a thing, if you want to use a bit of Australian slang, the bee's knees. This thing is the bee's knees. Now, I was trying to look into the origin of this expression. And it seemed like there were a whole bunch of different possibilities. So, the phrase the bee's knees, meaning the height of excellence, has been used since about the 1920s, at least, along with a bunch of other so-called nonsense expressions like the cat's whiskers or the cat's pyjamas, the snake's hips, the kipper's knickers, the monkey's eyebrows, the dog's bollocks, the eel's ankle and even the elephant's instep. Now, until today, though, I only ever hear the cat's whiskers and the cat's pyjamas, as well as the bee's knees. Those are the ones I had never heard of. But apparently in the 1920s in the US, there was this period where a lot of these nonsense expressions were being used. They were being thrown around and it was just a part of the, the culture, I guess, in the English language at the time. So, that's the best theory, that it was just produced randomly in the 1920s when people were playing around with these nonsense expressions. However, there are several other theories, including um, the bee's knees standing for the B's and E's, short for be-alls and end-alls. And also that it could be a corruption of the word business, right, as in beesness as in B's knees. And the last possibility is that it refers to a jazz club dancer who was called B Jackson, famous in the 1920s, who apparently had very attractive knees. And she had a very unique dance where she sort of bent her knees and kicked her legs in weird ways. You can probably see that on YouTube if you look up B Jackson. Anyway, let's get into some examples, guys, so that you can hear how I would use the B's knees in everyday English. So, example number one, Kel and I often go to a nearby town here called Queenscliff. It's just down the road. It's near another town called Point Lonsdale. So, near the opening of the bay, Port Phillip Bay in Victoria, where Melbourne and Geelong are inside that bay. So, we often go down to Queenscliff and we get ice cream from a Scandinavian ice cream shop. And they always have a wide range of flavours. Every now and then they get new flavours in. I'm a bit of a stickler when it comes to ice cream flavours. I really like good quality ice cream flavours. So, I tend to stick with what I know. And I tend to have the salted caramel and the honeycomb ice creams at that store. They're the best ones. But Kel often tries new flavours. She's a little different from me. She kind of likes to, you know, live it up and and um, try some different things from time to time. So, if we go there one day... And she tries a new flavour, say it's cookies and cream or maybe licorice or something, and she absolutely loves it, she might say, wow, this new flavour of ice cream is the bee's knees. It's amazing. It's ace. It's phenomenal. It tastes great. It's the bee's knees. Example number two. When Kel and I were living in Canberra, we often did a lot of driving back and forth from Melbourne, So, we'd obviously come back to see family and friends, and it would be a bit of a road trip. It would take about eight hours to drive either way from um, Canberra to Melbourne or from Melbourne to Canberra, and we would drive along the Hume Highway and the Prince's Freeway. So. We're in the car, we're locked in there for like eight hours, you know, except for the odd piss stop every now and then when we have to go to the toilet, when we have to use the loo, when we have to use the dunny. So, to stay entertained in the car and pass the time more quickly, Kel loved chucking on interesting podcasts, podcasts about people being interviewed, about different topics, maybe about science, about crime. I really like the crime ones. So, maybe one day I suggest a new podcast that I reckon she needs to listen to that she hasn't heard before, and I think she's going to love it because I think it's the bee's knees, right? I think it's amazing. I think it's ace. I think it's a ripper of a podcast. It's going to blow her mind. It'll rock her world because it's the bee's knees. It's awesome. And the last example, imagine you guys have arrived in Australia and you're going for a road trip around Australia. You plan to go across the top end, right, from northern Queensland, around the Daintree rainforest, all the way through Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory, and maybe over to Broome in the Kimberleys in Western Australia. So, you have an amazing time seeing all the sights, experiencing the Aboriginal culture, seeing the different habitats, the different landscapes, really living it up. And when you get back and tell your friends and family about what you did, where you went and what you saw, they might ask you, which was your favourite place? And so, you might pick your favourite place. You might say, oh, the Kimberleys, they were out of this world. They were the most amazing place by far that I've ever visited in Australia. They were the bees knees. They had breathtaking landscapes. The wildlife was everywhere. There was wildlife up the wazoo. People were amazing. It was the bee's knees. So, hopefully now, guys, you understand the expression the bee's knees, to be the bee's knees. This is for something to be amazing, for something to be ace, awesome, for it to be a ripper, okay, to be an outstanding thing. So, as usual, let's go through a little listen and repeat exercise, guys. I'm going to say a series of words and then phrases, and I want you to listen and repeat after me. Noah, maybe you're a bit too young, but you can try as well if you want in the background. Um, And this is a great way for you guys to work on your English pronunciation. Okay. So, listen and repeat after me. It's. It's the. It's the
1: bees. It's the bays knees. It's the bees knees. It's the bees knees. It's the bees knees. It's the bees knees.
0: Now, there's a lot of S's at the ends of words there. And the first one, it's, is, is relatively difficult to do naturally, like an English speaker does natively, because what's happening there. First, I'm saying the word it. And then after that, and you'll hear that I'm not saying the T all the way. I'm saying it. I'm muting the T with my tongue. It. As soon as I've said it, I go into the it It's. And then after that. I slide the tongue down and go into the TH at the start of the, right. So, you're going to hear, it's the, it's the. It's a tricky sort of cluster of consonants. It's the, it's the. Can you do that? It's the. Tricky. Anyway, let's keep going. I reckon it's the bee's knees.
1: You reckon it's the bee's knees. He reckons it's the bee's knees. She reckons it's the bee's knees. We reckon it's the bee's knees. They reckon it's the bee's knees. It reckons it's the bee's knees.
0: Good work, guys. A last little point there regarding pronunciation. What do you hear happening between the word reckon or reckons and the word its, right? If I say its' or its', you'll hear that the letter at the end of reckon or reckons, so an N sound or a Z sound, actually links to the front of its and starts the first syllable there, right? So, you'll hear reckon reckonsits. So, that connected speech is something to really practice if you want to sound much more like a native English speaker. And if you want to learn all the tricks and tips behind connected speech, make sure that you join up to the Aussie English classroom and do the spoken English course. There are loads of lessons in there about connected speech, about reductions, about linking. You'll get a lot out of it and you'll sound a lot more natural after you finish that course. So, remember, aussieenglish.com.au, sign up and give it a go. $1 for your first seven days. Anyway, guys, let's get into the Aussie fact. And then we'll finish up for the day. So, today I wanted to talk about bees in Australia. Bees in Australia. We have both native and non-native species of bees in Australia. The non-native European honeybee is found in the wild in Australia, as well as in people's backyards. And it's even farmed by people, right? You'll hear of beekeepers or what are called apiarists. So, they're kept by beekeepers across the wetter parts of Australia, usually around the coasts, particularly on the eastern coast of Australia. And there are 20,000 registered apiarists spread across the continent, producing between 25,000 and 30,000 tonnes of honey every single year. Approximately 70% of this honey is produced using the nectar of native Australian plants as well. Bees also contribute to the Aussie economy in more indirect ways, through their free pollination of crops, a service that is worth somewhere between four to six billion dollars to the Australian economy. And about 50% of beekeepers are actually paid for this free pollination service that their bees provide. In fact, some commercial crops, such as almonds, rely exclusively on bee pollination for crop production, which has led to a boom in demand for bee pollination services across Australia. There are around 20,000 registered beekeepers in Australia who operate approximately 650,000 bee hives. Most commercial beekeepers have between 400 and 800 hives each though some have as many as 10,000 or more. The majority of registered beekeepers are located in New South Wales, making up about 45% of all Australian beekeepers, while the rest are spread across Queensland, Victoria, Western Australia, South Australia and Tasmania. Aussie honey is consumed in more than 38 countries worldwide and the industry grosses around $100 million a year. Aside from the European honeybee, Australia is home to at least 1,500 other species of native bees, which is nearly 10% of the world's bee diversity. There are about 16,000 species of bees spread across the world. So, that's right. A bee is more than just a European honeybee, right? What is a bee? Bees are flying insects that are closely related to wasps and ants. And unlike these cousins of theirs, they are adapted to feeding on nectar and pollen. They use nectar as an energy source. I assume a lot of sugar in there. And they use pollen for a source of protein and other nutrients. In Australia, they're an incredibly diverse group of insects and species have a wide range of different traits. Some are really big, some are really small. Some are brightly coloured blue, yellow and green, whilst others display more drab colours like browns and blacks. Some are venomous stingers, whilst others aren't. In fact, many of the native bees that do happen to have stingers can't actually use them on humans because they are too small to do so. Some live in hives or social groups, whilst others prefer to live a solitary existence out on their own. Of the bees which are social, they do produce honey, but nothing in comparison to the European honeybee. And taste wise. The honey of native bees is much tangier than that of the European honeybee. There's even a small cottage industry for native beekeepers in Australia, interested in filling their gardens with small hives for their insect neighbours to inhabit as a home base from which they can pollinate the garden. However, Only in the warmer climates of New South Wales and Queensland can you actually harvest any of the excess honey they produce during winter, because in colder climates, the hive relies on that harvest to survive the colder months. So my favorite native bee is the Dawson's bee, Amagilla Dawsoni, a species of burrowing bee that nests by the thousands in the arid clay pans of Western Australia. It's one of Australia's largest bee species, growing up to 23 millimeters in length and about 45 millimeters in wingspan. And despite living in close proximity to other bees in vast communities or colonies, They're actually solitary nesters where females build and occupy their own burrows. The nests are dug into the ground with individual capsules created for each brood cell, and females only breed once in their breeding season. While most of the year is calm and peaceful for the Dawson's bee, the breeding season is a particularly brutal and dangerous time for the bees, particularly the males. Interestingly, the males are dimorphic, meaning that they have two different forms which are determined by brood provisioning strategies during their development. So in other words, what tucker they're fed by their mums when they're larvae determines their body type. The two different forms each have their own advantages. The larger males, called majors make up about 20% of the male population and are much more aggressive and patrol the emergence areas of hatching females when they're about to emerge out of their burrows after they have matured, over which the males then compete in physical fights, often to the death, to mate with these virgin females. In comparison, the smaller males, called the minors, make up about 80% of the male population, and instead of patrolling the emergence areas, these guys wait at the fringes of these areas, hoping to mate with any female that is able to sort of run the gauntlet and escape and try and fly away unmated whilst the majors are busy fighting to the death with each other. So, by the end of the emergence period, when virgin females are leaving their nests, All male Dawson's bees will have died or been slaughtered in the mating frenzy. And if females were savvy enough to avoid injuries or even death during these dangerous skirmishes, they'll fly off and begin their solitary life. So, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoy that episode for today. Thanks again, Noah, for joining us and keeping quiet there in the background. Hopefully, you, you learnt a little bit, too. Um, it's always a pleasure chatting to you guys, and I hope you have an amazing week. Stay tuned. There's some big things coming in Aussie English in the near future. I will probably do an episode and tell you about it soon. But, yeah, thanks again, and I'll chat to you soon. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content every single week, Please consider joining the Aussie English classroom at www.aussieenglish.com.au and start your $1 trial today. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much mate and I'll see you soon.